0: Sometimes it is a five-minute conversation, and sometimes, like Abigail did this week, we sit down for three hours and hash it out in one meeting, and it's super thorough and in-depth.
1: Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with our program manager and creative director, Caitlin O'Brien. Over the last few years, she's been an integral part of Boss Project. Behind the scenes, she's involved in a broad mix of things everything from building out our client websites, improving our client experience, managing our programs, developing curriculum, and so much more. And today, I specifically wanted to dive in and talk about our development cycle how we go from idea to launch to product and offer improvement. Now, before we dive in, I have two very quick things. I wanted to take a second to invite you to our very next workshop. Over the last 12 months, we've been doing the biggest experiment we've ever done at Boss Project. We turned off our ads, we went nearly dark on social and didn't dive into any trendy marketing strategies. And the last year was our biggest year ever. The agency side of our business alone did over $264,000 all on its own. Now, after not offering one-on-one services for over seven years, we went from startup to booked out in a matter of weeks. I can't wait to share all the details. You can join us at bossproject.com organic to find out exactly how we leverage our warm audience and organic traffic to build our business. No matter what stage of business you're at, These are the strategies that are going to get you unstuck and give you new ways of exploring how to do business with more ease. That's bossproject.com slash organic. Now, number two, if you haven't yet followed me, this is me being really serious right now. If you have not yet followed Abigail says, I'm sad. I want to know you. I want to hear your story. I want to understand what's going on in your business. And I can't do that unless we have a personal relationship. So you can head over to Boss Project on Instagram. My personal profile is linked in the bio at Abigail says, I would love to get to know you. So this is me being incredibly serious when I say, go say hello don't wait anymore. It's time. You need to say hi. Now, are you ready? Caitlin, welcome to the Strategy Hour podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you here too. Now, for those of you who don't know Caitlin, she is incredible. And I am just so excited to dive in today. But before we get to the details, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit more about your background And how you became a part of the Boss Project team.
0: Yeah. So, my background really is I went to design school in Seattle. I got my BFA in design. And really early on in that process, I had my heart set on running my own business. It was something I'd been dreaming about since probably mid high school. And I fell in love specifically with letterpress and stationery design at school. And I decided I wanted to start a wedding stationery business. I did that for years and then 2020 happened. And <laughs> through it all, I think by the time we got to things getting somewhat back to normal and weddings coming back to be a thing, I just, I realized I lost my spark for stationery. Like I was passionate about running a business. I was passionate about all the behind the scenes things, but the actual client work just wasn't exciting to me anymore. It didn't Motivate me anymore. And, you know, I'm just kind of thinking all these things in the back of my head, not really sure what I want to do next. And hopping on Facebook, just hanging out. And I see that Boss Project is looking for, at the time, a graphic designer. And I applied and was just very much of the mindset like, we'll just see. We'll just see. Like, I don't know. We'll just see what happens. And, you know, it ended up working out. And, I've really, really enjoyed my time here. I started as a graphic designer here and then moved into the program manager role. And it's just been so much fun to be a part of a company that shares my values. I get to help the most amazing people, work with the most amazing people, and do the things that really light me up and still feel like I'm part of a small company. I'm doing all the things I loved about my business. but it's so much more fulfilling helping other people reach those goals. So really excited to have been here for the last two years now, which is crazy, and looking forward to the future.
1: Yeah, I cannot believe it's been two years. It's been so fast. I can't quite explain how fast it's been. I don't know. I feel like I blinked, woke up, and now it's 2023 and we are in this like brand new phase. There's a lot of changes happening behind the scenes and you guys are slowly kind of getting the insight as to what's going on. But I think that's the cool part. And so, so often we're just sharing the end product, the the things that are happening after Lots of hours of thoughts and discussion and development. And you're seeing that polished version of what's been an idea or an inkling. And I want to give you guys some insight into how things start out as just an idea and then what it looks like to make those edits. So I want to dive in and talk first about developing new ideas. And I'd love to hear from your perspective, Caitlin. What that looks like internally for Boss Project.
0: Yeah. I think we all have really unique perspectives at the company. We all come from slightly different areas of things. And I think one of the things that you, Abigail, have done a really good job at is creating a culture where we do feel comfortable just being like, what if? And like maybe it's the stupidest idea in the world but it starts with that initial spark and that conversation and sometimes it is a 5 minute conversation and sometimes like Abigail did this week we sit down for 3 hours and hash it out in one meeting and it's super thorough and in depth but it starts with a conversation and i feel like beyond that we get we get buy in from everybody on the team but beyond that we have to talk about logistics about tech about what our clients actually need and there's external factors beyond our own, you know, like what we want, like what would be ideal. If in a perfect world, we have to make sure it's technically possible. It works for our clients. It really serves them in the way we need it to. And so, yeah, I think everything starts with that conversation. And wouldn't it be nice, but it really depends on those external things.
1: Yeah, I think it's often easy to get caught up in the, the, the let's just do it. And I think what we do a good job of doing is really taking the time to vet an idea. Not necessarily that we don't go into an idea full force, like we can definitely develop pretty fast at this point. I think it's taken us some time to gain speed again. When we started hiring pretty heavily in 2021, I felt like our development cycle slowed down really significantly. And I don't know if it's that the core team has just spent more time together and we know more about each other, or we all just have a better grounding as to how things could work. I'm not really sure what's necessarily added to this speed, but I feel like we're a bit more nimble than we were even 18 months, two years ago. And when those ideas come to the table, I think we still are like, let's do it. But when we're in the let's figure it out phase, it's surprising how often (laughs) the tech is like a massive piece that, you know, I have some wild hairs, guys. And so often, they are not even technically possible. And (laughs) it makes me so sad.
0: They should be though. They're so simple. It's like, of course, that should be a thing. But of course, like these little tiny things can get in the way so often of making it what we want it to be.
1: Yeah, I know. And it can sometimes be as simple as the zap doesn't exist to connect two platforms, or checkout doesn't work if we connect it this way. But if we do it this way, then it could work, but we have to make this edit to messaging or whatever. And it's a process. And so I think when something is as simple as a workshop it may be something that comes together in two or three weeks but we've been in active development for the new version of the co-op at least since the beginning of the year and definitely the heavily <laughs> development since July what do you feel like is the difference between those really big projects and those smaller projects from behind the scenes?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the planning phase is actually pretty similar to start out with. Like that conversation whether it's like a workshop and we have 3 weeks to prep for it or it's this big thing that's going to take months. It all starts with like maybe like at most an hour long conversation. But I think the thing that is most challenging about the big pieces is we have to keep having those hour-long, two-hour-long conversations as we discover more, as we unravel more, because it is such this monstrous piece that sometimes we just don't know what we don't know until we start making progress in it.
1: Yeah, it's true. And I think it's easy to get caught up in the, should I just keep planning or should I start building? And I think one of the things that we kind of do a good job of is our research. The research phase of all of this is a combination of both, you know, a discussion, but also an exploration where we're in a lot of ways starting the project or starting the development or like biting off those first pieces. Or in some cases, we'll even come out with an MVP that's, Before the bigger vision comes to full, full light. Talk to me a little bit about our MVP process.
0: Yeah, arguably the most frustrating thing for me personally, (laughs) (laughs) about working at Boss Project is this constant insistence on MVPs. Oh my gosh. No, they're so valuable and it's like literally crucial to how our business runs and keeping it running. But it's frustrating for me as you know, this designer that wants to make everything like perfect to constantly be pushed into this is good enough. It works, it's serving people. No one's seeing all the holes that you're seeing. Like this is good, and we'll keep going to improve it. It's such a mindset shift to have to work inside that and honestly i think it's challenged me and it's pushed me to grow as like a human being so much but really it's about realizing that like it's never going to be perfect you can't shut off the rest of your life and the rest of your job and the rest of your business just to focus on this one thing and make it perfect and then launch it and have it be perfect that's just not a reality it's this constant development it's this continuous analyzing of things that are going on and You know, even if you do have this like silo, this vacuum to work in and you perfect this thing and you launch it, I guarantee a week after you do it, you're going to have a client interaction or something pop up and there's going to be a thing that needs to be fixed or changed anyway. And so really the MVP and testing and putting things out before you're 100% like ready for it. I think is is really important. That being said, like make sure things work, make sure they function, make sure that you're delivering what you say you're delivering, but not being so worried about it being the perfect finalized finished product because honestly, I don't know that that exists.
1: No, I don't think it does either. And I definitely used to be a uh- The mindset of feeling this incessant need for it to look or feel a certain way or to be at a certain stage before I presented something to the world. But I think a lot of what has been effective about the way we've scaled our company is that when an idea is there, you know, part of the testing phase is often selling it before development is finished. And there is so much that we learn during the sales process that I don't think people necessarily even consider will adjust the way you ultimately deliver, regardless of what you're selling. It could be a service. It could be a group program. It could be a course, a membership. It doesn't really matter the mechanism in which you're delivering the offer. But the process of going through sales, at least for me, makes such a massive difference in how I approach the end game. And so, you know, if we look specifically at the last year, we launched an agency. I kind of sprung it on them, honestly. They were a little bit like, What are we doing? What do you mean we're taking on private clients again? I was like, Trust the process, my friends. They did. Everyone got on board really fast. And, We were able to take clients within what a week,
0: yeah. Of that conversation, a week, week.
1: week. (laughs) (laughs) and I'm pretty sure my team all thought I was off my rocker. But we have been doing business for so long, and I was so clear on what we could deliver that I needed to see what people would resonate with. And so we came out with a pretty large variety of things we could do. But I needed to know what was going to sell. And part of knowing what was going to sell was giving people options and still letting people pick from a menu of sorts. I think as we've gotten further along in business, I have often been more selective about what I am presenting. But if you're starting from zero, like as in you have zero clients into an offer, being willing to not make any finalized decisions before you start selling, as uncomfortable as that sounds, it'll change everything. Like I would venture to guess if you had asked us a year ago what we would be doing the most of on the agency side of our business, I think the team would have guessed we would be doing more CRM build-outs than web mm-hmm. projects.
0: Yeah. yeah and that- I think we were <laughs> we just in the mindset was? of like, this is our strength, this is great. We had the most interest from it. That was the easiest to sell, I think, because it played so naturally into our strengths. And yeah, we took two of those projects, I think, in the first like five or six months. And I think we just quickly realized that, yes, we're good at it. That doesn't mean we need to do it for clients, I guess. like,
1: I mean, truly. So part of that was even when you're excellent at something, being willing to assess does this make sense from like a time perspective and how much energy that has to go into it? And can you handle the amount of customizations that something has? And while we had some incredible clients in that offer, I found that it was so individualized for these specific clients that It made it very hard to make a system around delivery. And I've been in business long enough to know to scale any offer, regardless of what you're selling, you have to have some sort of cyclical cycle built into it, where you're either going through the cycle and then finding the next client or running through multiple clients at the same time. But you have a process you can follow and that there's some sort of consistent client experience. And for that specific offer. There were so many nuances individual to the person that we had a very unpredictable client experience. And it didn't offer the best experience for the clients. And I think because we care so much about not only the delivery and the final result, but how someone feels going through that process, it just didn't make sense. We we're able to much more clearly look at our high-end web projects and have a very clear, okay, if we're going to do this and then this and then that, it can be consistent from client to client. That being said, we absolutely went into this continuous improvement loop where we weren't set on the process after we had done even one or two. Every single time, we're revisiting what that looked like. So share with me a little bit more about the ways we look at something in that continuous process and how we leverage things like results, presentations, milestone calls, and debriefs.
0: Yeah, it's so important, I think, to be evaluating what you're doing when you're doing the same thing over and over again not only can you just like think about it or even like write it down, like things that you wish you would change or things that, oh, next time I might make this tweak. It's so important to kind of formalize those thoughts, whether it is in a call with the client to get feedback or to like remind them of your service or whatever, or if it's something internally that you do, you have to like formally document the things that stood out, the things that you want to try, the gaps where People stumbled or it just wasn't as smooth as it could be. And so there's several ways that you can do it, and we've done them all. Internally, we do debrief meetings, which I know Abby has talked about on the podcast before, but we really sit down together and we review who the client is, you know, their industry, how good of a fit was it, personality-wise, industry-wise, et cetera what our deliverables were, how long it took, what we charged, did all of that stuff add up and make sense. But then we also gather feedback from the client through a call with them, through a form that we send them, and we take a look at what they said and and you know, how was their process working with us? What did they feel like before? What do they feel like now? We gather all of that information and and along with like our real-time observations of you know, how communication is going or whatever, we can notice little potholes in the process and start to fill those gaps. And that debrief meeting is really where we identify what those things are and how we could solve them. So like, for example, one of the things we realized in our web design process was we were really clear on the strategy for clients from project to project. Like we knew what our strengths were. We knew what we were working towards strategy-wise but we weren't doing a great job at talking about that strategy outside of the sales process. I think Abigail did a really good job of highlighting you know, our unique strengths and our strategy in the sales process. But once they were onboarded, it was kind of like, okay, let's get going. Let's get started. And we would just kind of, I think, jump the gun a little bit in terms of we have this, you know, like let us do it. And So what we did to kind of remedy that was we slowed down and we added a stopping point where we just created a presentation where we reiterated strategy for the specific client so that they could visually see it, we could talk it through. And really nothing changed on our end. Like We were documenting these things internally and maybe communicating them to clients in a more casual way, like through email or whatever, but really formalizing it in a visual way was a really solid improvement that we made just between like two projects. And so using those feedback loops from clients and understanding what they're actually telling you and also the vibes you're getting from them during the process, and then taking time to like formally talk about those things and take the time to then make improvements immediately really, really makes a difference.
1: With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. Yeah, I think it's really easy when you're in this continuous cycle to actually make progress versus I think before I like really insisted on this continuous cycle, a lot of those improvements would wait and they would sit and they'd collect dust and they'd be ideas, but they wouldn't necessarily ever get implemented. Or it would take a year or two years and then something felt either so outdated or so behind that it felt like we had to scrap everything and start over. And instead, by creating this more continuous improvement loop, we were attempting to get better with every single client, whether that's every single client in a Project on the agency side, or even when someone graduates one of our programs, we will have what we call milestone calls and we will discuss, you know, their next steps, where they need to go from here, what they can be working on, get out any of those last minute strategy things that they need to kind of talk through so they feel really comfortable and confident going out on their own. But also, we take that time to get Personalized feedback from them on how we could improve that program. And it would be really easy to let those things just stay <laughs> ideas. You know, you can constantly keep adding to those ideas, but if you consistently bite a little bit off at a time, it's so much easier to make traction over time, in my opinion, because then it doesn't become this massive rebuild. Like the things that did collect dust was like, for instance, our website, the first generation of our website sat for a long time. So much so that when we went to rebuild it, it took nine months to rebuild from scratch, which is insane. Now, granted our site is huge. So like, That was a big part of it. But I don't think we would have had to do a full rebuild if we had been more consistently revisiting it. So once we launched the site last year, we did a lot more to maintain and really keep up to date what it looked like to focus on what was going to be the most important and the most effective. Now, I do think it's important to... Differentiate here. There's a difference between like tweaking something to death and like making changes because you're not confident and, you know, second guessing yourself versus making product or offer improvements because you have real tangible insights that are informing the process. And so I think that's the big difference here is earlier on, at this point, almost a decade ago, when I started, it would be. Feeling like I needed to like move a graphic or change a photo or whatever to make it feel a certain way. But that was a confidence issue in what I was selling or the way I was presenting myself. That wasn't a focus on improvement for either the sake of a client getting a better result or improvement from like an efficiency standpoint, improving the process behind the scenes, improving productivity, improving efficiency. E- improving the way we can deliver something. Like I remember one of the things that changed last year is we were doing strategy intensive and and these were a 30-day intensive with individual clients where we were coaching them on a specific subject. And you know, when it started, we were coaching them on pretty much whatever they wanted to talk about. And then it got more narrow and we were focused on these are the three topics that we're going to make the biggest difference to clients. And so, if it falls outside of that, we're okay with saying no. But if it was an alignment, then we would fit them into one of these three buckets. And beyond that, it was, you know, initially we made this giant document in Canva and it was like super time intensive to edit and like create for every single client. And we, Instead, like, after some time went on, we moved that document into Google Docs, it's still branded, it's still beautiful. But it improved the time (laughs) involvement on our side. Like, I would say it literally cut our time in a third easily. What would you say?
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I... Outside of strategy alone, I remember I was being brought into those Canva Docs early on and just like making formatting tweaks because, you know, text boxes change sizes and this client needs additional pages here or whatever. Doing that stuff would take me at least an hour per client, if not a little bit more versus, you know, the Google Doc resizes things automatically. And honestly, I love our Google Doc. It's so pretty. I mean, like I'm insanely proud of that thing, but also I think it has better functionality Like our clients can type notes in it. They can comment on things and like remind themselves to do stuff. The table of contents is like automatically linked. There's just a lot of really great functionality inside that platform that I think lends itself really well to a 40, 50 page document.
1: Yeah. These things were not tiny.
0: (laughs) No, they were were not.
1: (laughs) They were significant and really took a lot of time to develop. And while it was taking Caitlin an hour here, two hours there, three hours there, kind of depending on what it looked like, you know, for us on the strategy side, it was taking 40, 60 hours, and then we were able to get it down to 10 or 15. And like, that is massive in terms of amount of time Per client, Because it, w- it was getting to the point that like, if we didn't make this change, the price that we were offering the service for would have to significantly increase to justify the time that was going into the work. And we felt like based on client fit and stuff, it was better for our team to focus on efficiency than it was to increase the price of the offer. And I think being able to decide, what is this informing? It takes some discernment to decide, like, is this someone's opinion? Is this an actual, like, problem as in something is broken or not working? Is this, like, an efficiency thing that we need to work on? Or is there some part of the experience that needs to be changed or adjusted to change how someone feels going through the offer. And addressing each of those things kind of in their own bubble, I think makes a really big difference in the long-term results and us continuing to make changes. But right now we're in product development and not just offer development. So, you know, like I mentioned in the last year, we've been focused on the agency side. Honestly, to prove a point, y'all, it was really to ensure that one, I felt I was really genuinely starting to feel out of touch with a portion of our audience because they were running service based businesses and I hadn't run a service based business in a very long time. And I wanted to familiarize myself with the unique challenges that it has running that type of business. And so part of it was feeling this need to get back in touch with the ways that our clients are experiencing things on the day to day so that I could come up with better tools and strategies to improve the process. Because everything we do at Boss Project is either about speeding up the time it takes you to complete something or making you more money. And I was feeling like I couldn't serve all of our clients in the best way possible because I was just so out of the loop. So that was part of it. But also, I was really excited about it. And I think it's awesome to allow yourself the freedom to explore different things at different phases and points in your business. We just had a conversation today with alumni of our incubator program. And she's been running a professional organizing company for several years now and has been doing very well for herself. And it has really taken off. But I could just tell that she was disconnected from her why and disconnected from the work that she was doing. And, you know, we spent some time exploring what else she could be doing. Not that we were going to put that business down or make it go away or even have that offer disappear, but what are the things that we can add back to give you more joy and allow you to explore different things that not only make you happy, but also help you build for the business you want in the future. And especially if you plan to explore different models over time, it's important that you start doing some of that work. Now, while you're still doing the current version, otherwise you're going to feel like you're starting over from zero. And it's so much easier to leverage the business you have today to build the business you want tomorrow than it is to shelp something entirely and start over. And I just really loved seeing literally transformation on the call of her entire mood and attitude change when she felt like she finally had permission to explore something that lit her up and that it didn't necessarily have to mean that she was going to let go of what has made her successful to this point. And gosh, like that's just such a cool exploration. And I know so many of you are like, how could I add more passive income? Or how could I build a course? Or how could I add on a podcast? Or you're exploring all these different things you could do. And I think so many of you are thinking that you have to choose one or the other. And I really love the idea of layering and building in other types of models into the business that you have. Not that there's a right or wrong answer. You get to decide the product or offer makes that makes the most sense for you. But I'm a multifaceted person. And like, not only has Boss Project been everything from a web design agency to a podcast company to a media company, we were blogging and building so much content. But On the side, I've also built a print shop online. I was in an MLM for a long time. I also built a home blog and like a food blog. Like I've done so many different things. And part of it was just because I want to be creative. Like I want to try new things. So how do you get that itch scratched for you in this business? How do you get to like stay creative?
0: Yeah, honestly, a lot of it has to do with you being multifaceted and having different (laughs) angles of the company. I know you've said it before, but like you feel like your role switches every six months in this company. It's not quite as dramatic for me, but we go through phases and it really recharges my batteries just to like switch things up a little bit. Like right now, behind the scenes, for several months, we've been working on the big rebuild of the Creative Template Shop site. And that is a huge project. Like, I think we started discussing it in May and then we seriously like sat down in June and really started outlining things. And it's been like full force doing lots of little things to make that make sense. But in the meantime, you know, we're also doing, you know, shop drops or we're also talking about client stuff and improving the incubator program. And we're also talking about podcasting, like I'm on the podcast today. And there's a lot of variety in my day to day here at the company. And the things that, you know, aren't fulfilled in my job. I've worked really hard personally, to find creative fulfillment outside of work too. I think that was something that I got stuck in when I was running my own business was I loved print design, I loved calligraphy. I loved doing those things. And I monetized it. And then I was frustrated when my creativity felt drained because it felt like work. And so finding some things outside of work that also light me up. And I actually, like, I refuse to monetize them. I've had people tell me I can and I could and I could. Do I want to? No, like, I want to save that for me. And I want to keep that something that there's no pressure around. And so I think it's about building the life and the bubble around you where it spins and it rotates and you can grab pieces here and there and some are, you know, growing your business and some are not and it's okay but it builds this globe and this sphere around you that lifts you up and lifts all the other pieces of your life up.
1: I think that's the thing about being an entrepreneur. You know, regardless of the business that you're building, generally it's because you have ideas and you want to explore those ideas and you want to try new things and developing the discernment about is this a way to develop the thing i've already built is this something that i want to build towards in the future is this something that i simply just want to enjoy and don't have to turn it into a business i think that takes time to like really learn how to decide which of those avenues it is because I think so often I see people who have these ideas and they either think they have to like put something down to pick the other thing up or they are turning the things that like bring them joy into work in a way that like makes their life really frustrating. And so now I get it. Most of you started your business with some sort of offer that was built around something that you enjoyed doing or you wouldn't have started the business in the first place. But I see for many people over time that it turns into work and then they feel like because they're not enjoying it that they should shut it down or they should let it go or they should move on. And I don't necessarily think that's always true. I think sometimes your job is working for the business that you've built. And like, there's absolutely been times and spaces that I was like, fuck this, like, get me out. (laughs) Like, I do not want to be here right now. And instead of burning it to the ground, I think what's helped me scale is my willingness to not tear everything apart, (laughs) and instead, leverage where I'm at to help me get to where I want to go. and. Now, granted, I do think people who just stay the course, it's kind of the rabbit or hair situation, the turtle wins, you know, and I absolutely have friends who I think have more of the business owner bug than the entrepreneur bug. And they will just marry themselves to the same offer for 30 years and be super content And I'm just built that way. Like, I have so many things I want to do, so many things I want to explore. And I'm definitely in this season of like, how can I take me as the person and allow me to be multifaceted and have different interests and show those different interests, but also in a way that's still going to allow my business to make the money it needs to make to fund the life I have and pay the employees I have and build towards the future I want and impact people the way I want them to. And, you know, it's an exciting time, but it's also kind of stressful. It's okay. I'm really excited in this season. And I'm very grateful to have people on my team like Caitlin, who just really pushed me to also finalize things in a way that I think it would be really easy to just like, let it stay the MVP. Like, As much as I am one for continuous improvement and have instilled it in them, they also hold me accountable to it and, like, are not afraid to say, slow down, or we need to wait three weeks, Abigail, before we (laughs) do that thing to them. And I'm like, well, I'm ready today. Anyway, the being willing to, like, slow down has been as much as an important piece of the puzzle as the rest of it. So I'm grateful for my team and for you, Caitlin. And I'm just really excited about the future and all the things that are in store and everything that's to come. Now, before we wrap it up, do you have anything you want to say to the group, the community, the listeners? You've never been on the show before, so this is your chance.
0: Wow, pressure. Um, (laughs) I'm so appreciative of our community and of the people that have surrounded themselves around us. And like, I'm so honored to support such a diverse group of people, group of businesses, who all share our values, like who all just, they just want to have a good life. And they just want to have something that doesn't drag them down that helps lift them up that helps their families that helps their priorities be however they need to be. And Like I get goosebumps whenever I think about it, that we have this really amazing community of people who just want to make the world a little bit better, make their lives a little bit better, and it's really just as simple as that. And so y'all inspire me. You're the reason I get up every day at 6 a.m. every morning because I'm on the West Coast. (laughs) And yeah, I'm behind the scenes, but I'm here and I think about y'all every day. Oh, well
1: making me really like emotional like truly you guys are an integral part of this and I need you to know that if it were just me like I would definitely be on a different path but because you're here because you listen because you participate because you're part of our programs and our membership like I am consistently inspired by you and the things you're doing and the things you're exploring and the ways you're growing and the challenges that you're experiencing and I want to support you regardless of the season you're in and regardless of the scale of your business, whether you're just starting or you're more established, or whether you're excited and joyful and energized or burnout like everywhere on the spectrum. I'm here to be there for you and I know what it feels like to not feel like you can be a part of something and to feel excluded or feel like you're not in the mix. And I want you to know if you're listening to this show, you're welcome. And I want you to feel like this is a safe place and one where you can be all of yourself regardless of what you have going on. So thank you for being here. Now, before we go, I did want to mention that Because you guys live busy lives, and I know so many of our clients and members of our audience simply want to make sure that the work they're doing is the most effective because life continues to be far more important than the business you have I know there are ways you could leverage things like paid ads or heavy social media content, which being a content creator is amazing, but it's not for everybody. And there's so many trendy strategies that you can use to grow or build a business. And I believe we found an incredible mix of effective strategies that lead to steady, sustainable growth that utilize your warm market, and organic traffic to build your businesses. Now, we're going to be sharing all of our best practices about building businesses online and scaling organically in our next workshop. And this is your personal invitation to be a part of it and join us. You can find out everything I'm talking about by heading to bossproject.com slash organic. I'd love for you to be there. That's bossproject.com slash organic.